Welcome to the Breadwinner Energy Podcast. I'm your host, Tay Daniels. I'm a multi-business owning wife and mom that lives in the Midwest. I teach women how to be unapologetic in their journey to success, how to stop making decisions out of fear and step into their CEO shoes, to want more for their life, and to build a business that they not only love, but they're extremely proud of. On this podcast, I will be giving you my no BS advice and perspective on business, life, and motherhood. So grab your drink, put on those headphones, or cover your child's ears, and let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Breadwinner Energy Podcast. We are back with another Female Founder Friday, and today I'm talking with Dawn. Dawn is an expert copywriter and funnel strategist. She's a former pastor and nonprofit executive director. Her mission now is to help female entrepreneurs sell out even their most expensive offers with messaging that brilliantly captures their voice to attract dream clients without costing them time and energy creating it. Welcome, Dawn. Hi, so glad to be here. How are you? I'm so excited to chat with you more. I'm doing so well and very, very excited for this conversation. Me too. So let's go ahead and get started. I would love it if you could share everything about you, your story, your journey of how you got into the online space to where you are now. Yes. So I haven't always been an entrepreneur and I often refer to myself as the accidental entrepreneur um, because (laughs) I did not set out to start a business really. Um, A few years ago when my daughter was one, my husband and I were in uh, pastoral ministry. We also were leading a nonprofit in our community doing about 80,000 services a year for low income or you know housing programs, meal programs, food bank, things like that. So we were busy and um, serving the community and you know doing all the things. But like I mentioned, my daughter was one. And at that point in time, we had a review done by our church leadership. And what they told us was that we were failing because our church wasn't big enough on Sundays. And wow. yeah, it was a crushing moment uh, for me. And actually, now that I realize what day it is, that was five years ago today. Oh my god! We had that. That's remarkable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, five years ago, because she just turned six. And um, that was a pivotal moment for me, um, where I just was crushed. You know, at that point in time, yeah. I was really proud of myself actually for having a kid and you know juggling all the things right like I hadn't really skipped a beat with work she came with me every day or I worked from home and like I said we were doing 80,000 services a year in our community with a staff of three other people and my husband and I So, oh my gosh, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it was insane. And there I was, you know, really proud of myself for what I had been doing and, you know, being able to do all the things, right? Like juggle mom life. And um, I consider it the corporate world just because we were there, you know, every day. Really, ministry was 24 7. But um, it just crushed me to have someone tell me that I was failing and. What happened after was a few months later, 
they transferred us to a different community. They demoted my husband and I, even though, you know, he had 20 years of service. They, they transferred us to another community, put us under um, another pastor couple, and they forced me to put my daughter in childcare, and I just fell apart. I could not yeah. handle it. Um, she was, you know, just over one. I wasn't ready to put her in childcare. I got very depressed. I started having anxiety attacks when I would visit different childcare yeah. centers, and I never yep. <laughs> did take her to a childcare center. Like I, I never could do it. I ended up mm-hmm. hiring a nanny. Um, and that's a whole other story. But ultimately, <laughs> I was so just emotionally distraught. My daughter was crying for hours a night, you know, in that transition Mm -hmm. time. And I started Googling work from home. And yeah, yeah, like it's a very popular Google search if you've ever. But, you know, unfortunately, yeah, you do. (laughs) Unfortunately, you don't get great results. You know, it's everything from like couponing and being a secret shopper to typing transcription to... Digital marketing, which is what I started with. Uh, I bought my first $99 digital marketing course, learned how to build funnels, run Facebook ads, and um, get commissions from selling other people's things. Um, Yeah. So that's how I got into the online world. And that's also how I got introduced to personal development, which I know sounds funny, you know, coming from my background. Um, I had Mm -hmm. never heard of Tony Robbins or anybody (laughs) in that space. And I was like, what's personal development? (laughs) Like, this is interesting. Work on mindset. Why, why does that matter? I just want to work from home. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's how I ended up online. Uh, Like I said, I did affiliate marketing for a little bit, but it didn't, didn't bring me a lot of joy. I didn't see a ton of success. I, I was on the leaderboard and and everything, especially being a girl, um, I was like yeah. the only one, a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of bro marketers there. But um, I realized that my ads did really, really well. And my emails and things did really well because I was a good writer. And so when I learned what copywriting was, and I had this light bulb moment of like, oh my gosh, people can pay me to write for them. Like, this is amazing. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, once I, once I discovered that and took a few courses and went that direction, I just fell in love with it. And ultimately, you know, we were able to leave the ministry. My husband and I, like I said, we were, we were doing it together. So we had to leave together. Um, Mm -hmm. and we also like that job provided a house It provided two cars for us, computers, phones, it pretty much provided everything for us. Um, and we, in a span of two weeks, rebuilt our entire lives. We moved and got jobs at a nonprofit where I negotiated to work from home so that I could raise my daughter, um, while I was still building the business on the side. Um, and you know, we just started over so that I could have that time with her. Cause I just wasn't, I wasn't willing to give that up. And then since then, you know, it took about a year and a half before my business was to the point where I could completely stop doing the nine to five. 
Yeah. And just do the business. And then last August, I retired him from the nonprofit where he was working. And so he is now home with me helping. And um, yeah, that kind of speeds us through where where I am today and uh, how I've been able to build my business. That is so amazing. So we have very, very similar stories. I started my business at seven months pregnant. I now have a five-year-old daughter. Um, and yeah, I could not fathom putting her in childcare. And even now, um, you know, with the way of the world, we've hired a nanny and we're homeschooling and all of those, you know, fun things that we're now getting into that I never thought I would do as a parent, but you just, you know, it just kind of happens. And so I want to kind of go back on what you said that, you know, you were working all of these hours and taking your child with you. And I know that in the online industry specifically, there's a lot of misconception around being a parent and being a full-time business owner. And so I would love for you to share, like, how did that look for you and your family? How did you balance being a parent, being a business owner, taking your child to all the places? Ah, that's such a good question because it's not always easy and yeah. not always a perfect balance, right? Like it, um, yep. I think the first thing to start with for me is that I don't know if you've ever done those like values surveys or Dr. John Martini, where you really look at what are your top three values? And for me, family always came out on top. So yep. it was no wonder that I was having such a problem with being told how to uh, lead my family yes. and parent my child. Um, and so because of that, I was very, very committed to spending that time with her. And what that meant for me is that I slept less <laughs> because I yeah. woke up early in the morning I worked during her nap and I worked at night when she went to bed. And I think for me, I just always knew, I knew number one, what my highest priority was. And that was being with her and not missing, you know, all the little moments, getting to see her take her first step and, you know, just spending that time with her every single day. I was fiercely committed to that. And so I was willing to sacrifice a little bit of sleep, willing to, you know, I would get up, say like 5.30. So I had 5.30 to 7, for example, in the morning before she woke up at 7. And then I'd work during her nap time in the afternoon. And then I would, she'd go to bed by 8. So I'd work from like 8 to 10.30. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you just, you do what you have to do to get it to work. (laughs) I was able, just working those hours, I was able to build my business beyond six figures just in those time allotments. Like when, like I said, when you're fiercely committed to success and you just don't give up, like I am relentless when it comes to (laughs) making things happen and being willing to do the hard things for a short amount of time. I mean, relatively like your kids grow so fast. And, you know, like now, of course, we don't have nap time. And, um, (laughs) you know, when I first started, she was napping in the morning and the afternoon, and then we dropped one and then we dropped the other nap. And so you you go through these phases and I think it's just to remember to be flexible and to know that it's just for a season. Exactly. Our kids aren't that long for, our kids aren't that little forever. So yeah, it's worth it to me to 
get to spend those days just playing with her. Um, and then, yeah. you know, I would every single night I would go to work, you know, mm-hmm. and that was, yep. that was okay. That's how I made it work. So I think for, for those listening who are balancing both, just give yourself grace, figure out yes. like, what are your priorities? What can you delegate? Um, you know, at that time I was also, you know, I would shop one night a week so that I, I didn't have mm-hmm. to even do the grocery shopping when she was awake. Um, I you know, love that. if you're able to outsource and get someone to help clean the house or, yes. you know, even little things like that, like I've never had the most uh, organized or clean house, but we mm-hmm. have fun. So, you know, again, yeah. it goes back to what are your priorities? Do you have a little bit of money that you can use? Like you mentioned, getting a nanny or, you know, even a tutor for homeschool. Or yeah. um, there were some days that, yeah, I would get someone to come in and play with her for maybe two or three hours. But you just, you figure out what works. And I think that's the important thing is knowing that it's just going to be for a season and figure out what works. And then you just get really focused. I think the the challenge, especially when you're trying to do both at the same time, like if you're playing with your kid and you're on your phone trying to, you know, close in the DMs or you have your laptop nearby and you're trying to do stuff, then it can get really frustrating. So just choose not to multitask. If at all possible, like be fully present. And I know this is hard and some people are going to be like, ah, I can't do that. But like, just be fully present with your kid when they're awake. And then when she went to bed, like that was business time. And I would get so focused and you, you then don't get distracted, right? Like if you know, you only have two hours a day to work on your business, you have to do (laughs) income generating things. Like, and I even, you know, as a service provider, I had to work on client copy during those two hours and I had to be doing the things that I needed to do to continue to yep. get clients. So it's yeah. all possible if, if you believe that it's possible and yep. you know, you're just really particular with how you spend your time, you can absolutely yeah. do both and not go crazy. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing too, like you said, if you want it bad enough, and for me, you know, it's, this is long-term, like this is my career, this is the rest of my life. So what is six months to a year to two years of doing the hustle? And I know a lot of people are like, don't hustle all these things, like live your life, live a life of freedom. And I agree 100%, but you have to put in the work to get there. You have to put in the work first, the hustle first, especially if you're a parent, Like you said, working those hours, working nights or during their nap time and really being, you know, really focusing on what are those priorities? What do I need to do to move the needle? What do I need to focus on right now? Getting that work done and then being present with your children. And if this is something you're going to do for the rest of your life, two years of hustle will not kill you. (laughs) Ah, Exactly. And I love that you mentioned that because it is short term for those types of things but we're building long-term legacies long-term wealth and so many people forget that they're just so in the moment and the hustle and the grind and the hurry 
to get yep. wherever there is. <laughs> but yeah, you know, give yourself grace and know that you're building such an incredible foundation for your kids yeah. for the future. Absolutely. So I would love if you could share a little bit more about who you help. How do you help them? What problems do you solve? Tell us more about your services. Yeah, so I do copywriting and funnel strategy and funnel building. Since I started with building funnels, it's been a useful skill over the years for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember my first coach. I was saying, well, I, I know how to build funnels, but doesn't everybody know how to do that? And she just laughed out loud. <laughs> She's like, no, yes, <laughs> not everybody knows how to do that. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I can offer that too, you know, in addition to copywriting. So I do still yeah. build funnels occasionally, but most of my clients now have teams and mm-hmm. um, they don't need the build, which is nice because it's not my favorite part. What I love to yeah. do is write the copy. So most of my clients are coaches and course creators uh, who have multiple offers. They're selling like a DIY course, but they also have multiple five-figure coaching programs that they need sales pages love. for. So I yeah. do everything from like tiny offer funnels all the way up to multiple five-figure program sales pages for masterminds and things like that. That's where those are my favorite. I love sales pages. I love the um I love watching sales come in. I think seeing yes. <laughs> like immediate proof that something is working just yep. is so nice. Like I also write emails, you know, connected with um the funnels and things like that. And I do nurture sequences, yeah. but I love the sales pages because it's, it's black or white, right? Like it's either working or it's not. Yeah. And you have proof. (laughs) Like I had my most recent client, you know, his sales pages for a thousand dollar course. And, um, he's only gotten like 15 people so far to even see the page. Mm -hmm. And he just got a sale. He just texted me, um, this week saying I got my first sale and it literally went live, Mm -hmm. you know, a week or two ago. And so, you know, things like that are so fun and exciting for me. And then they of course get excited and, and all of my clients are doing amazing, like transformational things in the world. I don't write for you know, deodorant or like, not that deodorant's not great, but I don't do any, you know, product-based or e-commerce because I, I really just wanted to make a difference in the world. And I know that, you know, different health coaches, business coaches, spiritual coaches, they're, they are an agent of transformation and they're helping their clients transform their lives, which I know will transform their families and their communities. And yes. I get to be part of that. If, if they use my words to sell more or to bring more people into their programs, uh, I know that I get to be a little part of making a bigger difference in the world. And that's really why I do what I do and why I love it so much. Ah, you are my people. I love it. I am the very, I'm, I'm so much the same way. It's like, I have set out on this journey to impact people's lives in the best way possible so that women can live this 
life for themselves that they deserve. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, when the women come to our program and they build this legacy for their life and it's, it doesn't, you know, it starts with them, but it doesn't end with them. It's their children. It's the other women in their life that they're impacting. It's their clients. It's the people that they're inspiring too. And we just continue on, you know, this cycle. And so I, I absolutely love that. And two, I want to talk a little tiny bit about funnels. So I know that funnel can be like this really big, scary word for people. And it's either like, they're like, oh yeah, I get it. And I have it or I don't kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And every time people talk to me about funnels, I'm like, it's just a journey. Like it's just a journey of when someone finds you, what steps they take to get to know you, like you trust you and ultimately buy from you. And like you said, sales pages, for example, are black or white, like they're converting or they're not. And if they're not converting, then we know maybe it's something on, you know, your copy or your sales page versus like, if it converts, and then they come to let's say your email list, but then they're not converting from there, then we know, okay, it's somewhere in your emails, it's somewhere in your messaging. So I think it's really interesting that, you know, like you said, it's black or white. And I think a lot of people think when something's not converting, on their sales page, you're like, it's the price. And I'm like, it's probably not. It's probably probably the way. Yeah, it's your messaging, right? It's the way you're talking to people. It's the way you're connecting with people energetically. Um, And when you can connect with someone energetically and solve their problems, they don't care about the price. And so yeah, I just Yes, I love it. So tell us your best advice for how to stand out in a noisy market by honoring your own uniqueness or your client's uniqueness. Great question, and I love your definition of funnel, <laughs> making it just <laughs> so easy to understand. Because really, truly, that's what we're here for, right? Like, selling is serving, yeah. and the whole idea of a quote-unquote funnel is just to help someone make that decision. Um, yes. You know, to see if they are a right fit for you or not, and if not, then no problem. You know, we're not here to yeah. sell people. Um, we're here to provide solutions for people who are looking for something to solve their pain or problem. So yep, I think that's exactly. an important key to remember. Um, and then uh, as far as standing out goes, I think number one, it's knowing who you are, knowing what you stand mm-hmm. for, knowing what makes you different, um, and really like being so grounded. In that, and you mentioned energy, which I love um, because it's it's so important. I mean, I've had yes. so many clients over the years, and I can identify as I think back, identify ones that weren't as successful, and yeah. the reason behind it is that they lacked confidence, they lacked belief in themselves, they lacked belief in funnels. <laughs> And, you know, just the sales (laughs) process online and people sense your energy. They, they pick up on it, even with the words on the page, which is why it's so important. Like I was telling somebody just the other day, I said, you know, I, I do meditations and visualizations before I write copy. Like it's, it's a very spiritual, energetic experience for me, (laughs) um, because of who I work with and because I know that when I write that way, it just converts higher. Like people are like, Oh, your stuff is magical or you're this word wizard. I'm like, no, I just, I tap into the energy, but I'm also now, now that I'm a few years in and I've seen it, um, I'm more particular about who I work with (laughs) 
Oh yeah. Because it really can hold you back. If you don't have the right mindset about what's possible and Mm -hmm. just like this unwavering belief in your offer and in what you do, um, people will know. So, you know, just get really clear and grounded in who you are, what your values are, what you stand for. Don't be afraid to talk about it. You know, don't just be vanilla. I always say, you know, vanilla is the most commonly sold flavor at Baskin Robbins, but that doesn't mean that your content needs to be vanilla. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. And that helps you stand out, you know, just, just being you. And, you know, I mentioned doing some kind of visualization before I write. That would include, you know, social media content before you get on video for anything mm-hmm. like tap in get centered get aligned with your message and and also who you're talking to I think that's the other thing for people in the online space they want to they have a, this generic you that they talk to and yeah. when you can really narrow it down to somebody specific you know get a name mm-hmm. get Usually it can be someone you know. Often it's us, you know, two or three years ago that's our ideal client because we've gone on the transformation ourselves. But find somebody else, even if it's a friend, like a physical person you know. Your ideal client is a physical person. Yeah. So, you know, we do all these avatar. we do all these like avatar exercises. exercises. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where we try to figure out who's our ideal client, but and you can forget your, your ideal client, like literally is a real person. So if it exactly. helps you to put a picture up while you're recording yep. a video or writing an email, put a picture up and talk to that person. That's what's going to help you stand out because yeah. you're going to actually sound like you're connecting with somebody rather than just like talking to the air, which right when we're writing an email or on video, usually it's just us on our phone or us in our computer. Yeah. But the energy, again, they'll pick up on it. So think of a specific person, really just get grounded. Don't do it because you have to do it because you're the answer to somebody's prayer out there. And that will help you stand out. Yes. When people come to me and they're like, I don't know what to post on social media. I don't know what to say. And they have all this drama around social media. I'm like, then don't post because this is the thing. If you're posting just to post, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to resonate with people. You have to hold this belief in yourself that you believe in what you do and what you say and the transformation that you're getting people. And if you don't believe in you, you can't expect other people, number one, to believe in you. And you can't expect them to buy from you because you don't even believe in you. You don't believe what you're saying. And it's just like, if you want to make an impact and you want to connect with people and you want people to buy from you, it starts with you. It starts with you believing in you and what you do and the transformations that you give. And when you show up with that energy, like you said, when you're writing copy or email or social media posts and you show up in this way of like, I am talking to that one person out there who absolutely needs to hear what I have to say because I believe in this message and I know you need it. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, yes, this is me. This you're talking to me, and that energy you connect with them, they feel like they know you, they like you, they trust you, 
they start to believe in themselves and believe in what they're doing. And it creates this relationship where they feel safe to buy from you. And that's ultimately what we're doing. But a lot of people have so much drama around like, I need to go viral and all these things that just don't matter. And I'm like, it starts with believing in yourself. (laughs) Absolutely. 100%. You've nailed it. Yeah. Exactly. What is your favorite definition of copywriting? Like how can they apply it to clients or really any relationship in their life? Oh, you are going to love this because yes, it does apply to <laughs> a spouse, to kids especially. Um, yeah. my, my favorite definition is the art of getting other people to do what you want them to do, but for their reasons. So because you have a lot of uh, entrepreneurs who are also parents, I'll give you an example with that. Um, My daughter, when she was like three and four years old, hated getting her hair brushed, which I'm sure she's the only (laughs) kid in the world in that scenario. (laughs) um, And so, you know, nothing seemed to be working until I started saying, do you want an Elsa braid today or a Cinderella bun? Or do you want Anna braids? Do you want a mermaid braid? And, you know, 99% of the time, if I framed it that way, she would happily say yes, and we'd get her hair brushed, we'd get it styled, she looks cute, (laughs) and all the good things that, uh, you know, I loved as a mom. Um, But the, the real thing was, we both got what we wanted, right? I wanted her hair to be brushed, so she didn't look like a ragamuffin. And she (laughs) wanted to look and feel like a princess. She didn't want to brush her hair. And that's the thing. People buy what they want, not what they need. Yes, 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 yes. From my perspective, (laughs) she needed to brush her hair or brush her teeth or eat her broccoli. But from her perspective, like think about what she wanted. And that's the same thing we do in our businesses is what does our ideal client really want? That is what we present to them. And it's not bait and switch or anything like that, but you sell yeah. them what they want. And then inside your program, you give them what they need. And the example I often give there is, you know, as a business coach, for example, people think that mm-hmm. they need more strategies. They need the magic bullet to help them get to six figures or seven figures or whatever it is. And the truth is they are the magic bullet. So what they need is mindset. What you were saying before, confidence, yep. belief in themselves. That's what they actually need and what a good business coach will do is help with mindset, not help with the next strategy or, you know, how to hack the Instagram algorithm. Um, Yes. That's not going to make or break your business. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you how many times people come to me and they're like, nothing's working. I don't know what to do. I'm tired of being on social media. I don't know what to price my offer. I don't know what to sell. I don't know who I'm talking to. And every single time I I know, and we're going to, and I always tell them, you know, we're going to get there. I'm going Mm -hmm. to help you figure out the price. I'm going to help you figure out all these things. But first we need to determine your beliefs in yourself, your beliefs in your client, the the beliefs that you hold for your services or your programs, your products. And I know a lot of times they're like, I don't want to do the work, but I'm like, this is the work that's going to answer all the questions that you have about your offers and your prices and what you should be doing. And so, like you said, yeah, I, I always say that you sell them on what they want and you give them what they need. And I have never had a, a client come to me unhappy of like, you gave me more than what I asked for. <laughs> right. 
you completely changed like, your they mindset. Don't, they don't How do dare that. you? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And every single time we get through the mind drama together and we get to where they want to be, they're like, oh my gosh, why did I never think of this? You make it so simple. And all my clients tell me you are the perfect balance of holding my hand through the shit while also giving me that extra push that I need. And I will forever keep doing that. And But that is the key, right? Is to sell them on what they want because they're not going to buy what is uncomfortable, but what is uncomfortable gets them to the next space. So exactly. if you make it this, you know, like we're going to go through some stuff together and like, it's going to be hard and it's going to be uncomfortable and you're going to feel like crap. They're going to be like, hell no, I'm not buying that. That sounds terrible. But you know, they need that to get to the next place. And so, yeah, I, I absolutely love your definition. It is so good. (laughs) Thank you. And yes, you, it takes hard work, but everybody wants it to be easy whatever we're talking about, whether it's building a business or losing weight or raising a child, you know, we want it to be quick, easy, fast, simple. That's why you hear those words all the time in marketing. Yeah. And that's the thing. It can be. No, it it, it can be simple because a lot of times we Mm -hmm. like to overcomplicate it, but it's not going to be easy. And I think those two words get mixed up like, oh, well, you said it's Uh simple. So it's going to be like easy peasy. And I'm like, no, but you're overcomplicating it. We like, we can make this so much more simple, but you're mm-hmm. still going to have to work. <laughs> yes, but it's so, so yes. worth it, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, I am so excited that you were able to come on today and share everything about you and your life and your business. This has been absolutely incredible. I would love for you to tell us what is coming up for you and your business in the next three to six months. Yeah, I'm actually right at the beginning of a launch right now. So I have shifted a little bit. I still do done for you coffee because I still absolutely love serving my clients in that way. But I'm also very passionate about helping other women make a lot of money and be able to provide for their families very much in alignment with what you do. So I am starting a coaching program for female copywriters to help teach them how to charge 10k or more for sales pages love it that's the up and coming I don't know if you've ever heard the stat um that 40 percent of businesses are owned by women but we only bring in four percent of the revenue I have not actually that is crazy it's crazy and 80 percent of female-owned businesses don't make more than 50k a year in revenue not profit, but yeah. revenue. So I am extremely passionate about <laughs> changing that. And yep. you know, as you know, copywriting is not the only business that can make over 50K a year. Um, many different oh, yeah. businesses can. And I would say most of my female counterpart colleagues aren't making over 50K a year with copywriting. And so I'm here to yeah. teach them. And of course, it is... Um, Inside is what they need, which is all mindset. My program is all mindset. I'm not teaching the skill (laughs) at all of copywriting. um, Yeah. Because that is what I'm so passionate about. So that's what's coming up Mm -hmm. for me in the next few months is I've done a beta round, but really expanding that. I have um, a dream of helping 100 female copywriters in 2022 get their businesses Ah, to six figures and beyond. Oh, really? Oh, amazing. Yes. 
our goal is 100 women to help 100 women hit six figures and beyond in 2022 as well. Um, but as you know, we work with service providers and coaches. So our service providers are usually transitioning into either agency or to being a, um, a coach. And we do work with some uh, copywriters inside of our program, but we have a wide range of service providers. But I love that stat, like you said, because women have to have this confidence of charging you know, more, number one, but two, the confidence that men have, like men really have the audacity to do some things and I think women need to have more. <laughs> like sometimes when men just do things, I'm like, it blows my mind that you feel that confident. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I've had so, that same experience and like, especially so with the example of copywriters, you know, somebody charging $50 for an email and a guy yeah. charging 500. Yes. I'm like what's and the it blows my mind. being a man and I a woman. Know. Yeah. <laughs> They're not any better and at it thing- than we are. No, and sometimes too I I want women to realize that we have this power that um and you know not to get into like the the men versus women, but women do have this power that they hold of being more emotional or being able to tap into their emotions a little better. Um, And men Uh tend to stay on the logic path. And so when we're talking about being a creative and being in business, um, I think there's so many times I've learned to tap into my intuition and to into my emotions versus straight logic. And women hold that power that they could really rein into. And you absolutely should be charging more. (laughs) 100%. And I love that you mentioned, you know, tapping into our intuition, which is necessary, and then using our masculine energy just to get ish done yes like that's where exactly the masculine comes in is like get it done do the things but start with your feminine start with that alignment and that intuition and because we are we're brilliantly gifted with that side of business that men like totally miss Oh yeah, and the bro marketing because they're so masculine. Oh but if they tapped into their feminine and we, we tapped into both of our feminine and masculine energies, you will be so much more successful. No matter yeah. your gender, but <laughs> women just are better at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So every podcast episode, we always ask a bonus question. It's always the same, and I have to ask you: If you were to write a book tomorrow, what would you write about? Oh, such a good question. <laughs> so I just recently published a book, but I know um, my next book, what I would write about, I think is similar to what we've already been talking about, but with the element of hope. So, yeah. you know, in my story, as I mentioned, I got really depressed and was having panic attacks. I even texted my sister at one point and said, there's no hope. You know, I was stuck. Yeah. My boss actually laughed at me, said parents don't stay home with their kids. And then wow. said, what would you possibly do if you didn't work for us? And oh my gosh. that moment was so low in my life. And um, I also uh, come from a background of um, my my brother died by suicide and he struggled with depression Um, and depression is in my family. So I think, you know, and especially with what's going on in the world today, hope Mm -hmm. is something that is so valuable and so necessary. And so many people have lost it 
And so I think that's what I would write about, whether it's for a mom who wants to be home to raise her kids instead of have someone else raise them and giving her hope to do that, like you help so many with, or whether it's just changing your mindset to believe that good things can happen in your life. Um, You know, I think that would be the focus is talking with people about how to have hope when the world seems dark and when things don't seem to be going your way. Like, how can you shift that because I really do believe we have power to create our reality um yep that's what I would write about that's where my heart yeah is super passionate about helping other people live their best life and to do that I think we have to have hope yep belief you that the belief that you can hold for yourself is so so powerful and I just want to say thank you so much for sharing that intimate part of your own story and your own life as well as losing your brother Uh, I lost my father to suicide when I was very very young and it does not get easier I mean it, it does in a way but at the same time it is also very confusing and I think like you said sharing that hope with anybody out there, whether it's, you know, maybe they've lost someone or they don't have that hope in themselves of you can do whatever it is that you want to do. And when someone else believes it for you, it gives you that little sense of you can start to hold that for yourself. And so I absolutely love that. I hope that it's published. Um, like she said, she already has a book out. So you guys have to go check it out. I'll put it down in the show notes. Um, but I really hope that's something you publish because I would absolutely love to read it. Well, I will definitely let you know. It's a it's on the list. I don't know if it'll happen Yay. this year, but um, it definitely is on the list since I'm so passionate about it. And um, I know that it's a concept that can really help people change their lives yeah. and influence absolutely. the next generation. I love it. Yay. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being on today's show. Please tell the listeners where they can find you. Yeah, I mostly play on Instagram. So just look me up on Instagram at Dawn Up One. I would love to get a DM from you and just tell me what, uh, what your biggest takeaway was from our conversation. Yes, do that. I love when people do that. It's like my favorite thing ever. I will have everything listed down in the show notes. You can click the link. You can follow her on Instagram. You can check out her book. Dawn, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you, Tay, so much for giving me that opportunity. Absolutely. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for being here. Once again, we will chat on the next episode. 